This goes crazy for the first game. Hey, Peter. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Why have we never heard that one before? Hey, Peter. Hey, Peter. What is that? Hey, Peter. Thank Give you. me the Cusco. High five. I love that. High five. <laughs> Thank you. you know. Yeah, yeah buddy. Yeah. High five. <laughs> High five. Are we already recording? Uh, we are. Okay. And okay. action. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of No Expectations Video Store. I'm Ben. I'm James. And I'm Max. And today we're going to be beginning our new series, which is going to focus on highlights from Jim Carrey's career. And today we're kicking off with 1994's The Mask. This is directed by David Russell, I believe. Hmm. Chuck Russell. Chuck Russell. Sorry, David O. Russell. (laughs) David O. Russell. (laughs) What a director. And And, uh, written by... Michael Fallon, thank you. Mark Verheiden, and Mike Werb. Very nice. And like I said, obviously starring Jim Carrey, and also one of Cameron Diaz's first very big movies. Yeah, this is what her first feature felt. Like. As far as I know, mm-hmm. yes. And she was smoking. This was Jim Carrey's year. This was movies. the year of Jim Carrey. Yeah, so Max, go ahead and kick us off with the plot, and then we'll kind of dive a little deeper into all that is Jim sure. Carrey. So The Mask is a movie about a bank clerk. Stanley Ipkiss, and he's kind of an ass kiss. Uh, he's just a nice guy who's getting walked over all the time. He gets transformed into a manic superhero, and now he can sort of uh, delve into all of his like deepest desires and be the person he wants to be. And the mask sort of like uh, amplifies that even more. Um, he becomes this manic superhero when he wears this mysterious mask. Um, superhero maybe an anti-hero definitely i would definitely say anti-hero. Like one of the first like yeah. anti-hero like in film yeah well i wouldn't say in film but. But, well who, who else well they made a pun- i mean like for like superhero comic book they made about like they did make a dolph lundgren punisher before this okay i won't <laughs> that does not even exist yeah and uh paul kersey from death wish charles bronson talking about comic book wise though comic book wise i think i just think you know think of now like Deadpool. i think you're right although Darkman. There was Darkman also. Oh, Darkman doesn't get talked about very much. It does not. That was, uh, who was Darkman? That was, uh, that was Liam Neeson, I believe. Right? Yeah, it was Liam Neeson, but there was, there was, who's the director of that? Was it Walter Hill? Mm-mm. Who directed Darkman? Max? Does that mean you want me to look it up? No, yeah, could you? That'd be awesome. <laughs> Please, thank you. Jamie, pull that shit up. Darkman. Darkman. Oh it's, it's someone we know. It's someone pretty successful. It is. Sam, Sam Raimi. Sam I, was like, I was like, wait, it's so much. Fucking Sam, yeah, Sam Raimi. I was like, dude, yeah. why did that escape me? Holy yeah. crap. Um, yeah, Darkman was pretty darn cool. But I, I do agree. And especially for the 90s and mm-hmm. like for comic books. Yeah, it was one of the first of its kind. And what's super interesting about The Mask, I can't think of any movie that's quite like it. It's super, super unique. Oh, it's very super unique. Like it's just, uh, it was one of the first films I like, because uh, CGI was coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, I think what Jurassic Park was out. Um, what else was it? Uh, when they started? I think oh yeah, Terminator Two. Terminator Two, yeah. Terminator Two is a big. Um, one. But this was like the first time where they like mixed um, CGI with live action. I know you can think of like Roger Rabbit, but that's more cartoon. Yeah, that's this more, was yeah. when Visual, uh, it's 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 a lot like Roger Rabbit in the sense. Well, they use a lot of the same techniques. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. when you take a look at the way it's shot, there's a lot of locked off shots because they had to composite the uh, the CGI right on top of them um sort of like a 2d technique and uh yeah just much like roger rabbit so um i'm big on animation roger rabbit's probably one of my favorites it was a classic dude i remember having that on vhs as a kid it was a masterpiece chris lloyd Lloyd i I had this on vhs as well vhs i still actually own the dvd on this i hate the case i'm not not particularly a fan of the cases back then this one's due for a steelbook Oh, I wonder if they have one. It'd be cool just with the mask on it, like oh, the actual cool. mask, mm-hmm. like maybe with like some water around it in the background. Yeah, but going back to like the cartoon element for it, um, this was when like Looney Tunes was uh, very popular back in the, like, the 90s. Yeah, you think about yeah it. And this was, I believe this is New New Line Pictures, which is an entity of uh, Warner Brothers. Oh, okay. So there's, uh, there's a lot of uh, characters in this film that's um, like all around like Looney Tunes, even like Tasmanian Devil. Yeah. Um, that's on there. Yeah. Like his... Uh, the way he spins when he turns on the mask and he's all crazy. Um, the uh, wolf popping the eyeballs out, oh, yeah. I believe the, that's the a... The Tex Avery. Yeah. It is? yeah. Um, I even, like, there's a... The, like, speaking of Tasmanian Devil, there's a little Tasmanian Devil pillow in the background. Oh, it's green yeah, yeah. and it has it. I owned that for that's the longest cool. time. That's and I realized, cool. like, 
that's from a mass. I've had that. I think it's actually like in my storage somewhere in my parents. You should find yeah, it. Yeah, I'm gonna. That would have been so cool to bring up. I know. Just like, I, hey, by the way. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, yeah, but the whole elements was very like the the cartoon, with its fun um, mass. Uh, Jim Carrey like fits the role perfectly. Hundred uh, percent. For this role, because he loves cartoons. He as is well. a cartoon. Yeah, he is a cartoon. He is a, he's he's a living living cartoon. As far as as animation goes, because I know Max, you wanted to talk about this a little bit. What do you think was the strongest like point as far as animation goes and like CGI in the mask? Like, what do you think was the best part besides you know the obvious stuff with like the guns coming out and like his his crazy yeah. jaw and crazy yeah. eyes? Was there anything else that really stood out to you as being well, like kind of groundbreaking? I think what was groundbreaking was uh, Jim Carrey's ability to stretch his face. So yeah. there were a lot of scenes where they were going to use uh, CGI to have him stretch his face out like crazy, and. Uh, he was able to stretch his face so much to to it was just so unreal that it was like they didn't even need to animate it. That's amazing. So and he does his own stunts. He's a beast. I don't know <laughs> if he does his own stunts. He's a beast. He did a but great he I'm sure he did face. a few. His he, his face stretching. Yeah. He did a great job just like reacting to like nothing being there. Totally. Like yeah. Just with the like you said, the CGI and stuff with like the eyeballs popping out. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like James was saying earlier, this was like Jim Carrey's year. This was like his absolute breakthrough year where he went from, oh, that guy in Living Color and that guy who was like a bit part in Peggy Sue Got Married and that bit part in Dirty Harry and the Deadpool to like, oh, fucking Jim Carrey. Like this was when you had Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, you had Dumb and Dumber, and then you had The Mask. Like we're talking all in the same year, all within 12 months. Yeah, yeah this, that this is came out right of. after he signed a deal with the devil. Um, and, and that's why he just took off from there. I mean, we're talking like that's huge. Three hits like that in a row to have one of those in your career. Like you were like eternally blessed by the Hollywood gods and you can live off Comic-Con money for the rest of your life. Well, he didn't get to paid have, too much for the mask. Yeah. It was, I mean, compared if, to what, from what I remember, it was Ace and correct me if I'm wrong. I could be a little off on the order, but I think it was Ace Ventura came out first and he made like a couple hundred thousand off that. Like yeah. not very much in terms of Hollywood money. And then when that became a hit, I think he might have already made the mask. But when it came time to get paid for Dumb and Dumber, he was able to negotiate like a few mil because like he became hot overnight. Yeah. yeah was that the, I think it was Dumb and Dumber. I mean, I remember speaking with you about this of him like writing a million dollars, like a yeah. few million dollars, like to his dad. It was, it was something it where, I don't know if it was when his dad had died or if it was something along those lines where Jim Carrey wrote himself when he was broke a check for a million dollars and he's like i want to be able to cash this within a year and sure enough oh so it wasn't for his dad it, for some reason i thought he might have i don't know let's look that up max would you <laughs> would you play the jamie roll again please i got you i got you i'm sorry man we love you million dollars i'm curious i, I don't want to butcher the story because i feel like it's a story that should be told you know yeah I think so. yeah like, i don't want to so i'll probably get it wrong i feel like you i think you're right yeah, I don't know if he buried it with his dad or if no, he, he buried with his dad, no. or if he wrote it for himself. It's yeah. it's something along those lines that's pretty interesting. All right, before he was famous, he wrote himself a ten million dollar check and visualized his success. Wow. Turns out he landed a role for ten million around the date he had written on the check. Damn, man! It, and he he says something because he you know he went through that whole introspective period where oh, he yeah. had like motivational stuff. Yeah. He said this thing that really profound that kind of hit me of like saying that the human eyeballs are receptors of light, but they're also projectors. Mm. So it's sort of like this visual, visual, ugh, visualization technique that he used visual aid. to uh, kind of boost himself into uh, superstardom. That's incredible. I mean, also, I think you have a few factors here. You have incredible willpower. You have this amazing like energy and like this this desire to succeed and also jim carrey's super super hilarious and incredibly freaking talented so we can't discredit that people that are just like you know on tiktok and on you know whatever the fuck online where they're like you know will it to existence like yeah that yeah that's good to do it's good to manifest positive things but at the end of the day like he's also jim carrey (laughs) like (laughs) you know you also have to work and be talented and he'd been working at it for a long time like He'd been doing stand-up since the early 80s. He had been in a lot of different movies that weren't hits. He'd been working his ass off for well over a decade, like as a stand-up comedian and as an actor. It wasn't an overnight thing. It seemed like an overnight thing because that's how they all appear because people didn't know about him. But the man had been working for a long time and had gone through some really rough stuff. 
And he's just so freaking talented. I think every bit of success he got was totally well-deserved and earned. Yeah. Subscribe so, to this channel. Fuck the uh, haters. And uh, all of your wildest dreams will come true. Yeah, if just, you guys really want to have a year like Jim Carrey, just uh, like and subscribe, you know? <laughs> anyway, do you think there's something to that? Do you think there's something to willing something into existence like that? Like his I, I check mean, thing? I believe so. Like, I always talk about it like, um, you know, not like, oh, I'm going to do this. Like, it's when I'm going to do this, you know, mm. when it's going to happen. Mm. Deadlines so, are like, good. You know, like, uh, I'm going to have this much money, like, you know, like, or like when I get there. I'd say. Yeah. When, not if. Not if. Yeah. Always when. So I, right. I believe it. I mean, like, yeah. this happened. This is true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've talked about it. I never said yeah. if. I said always when. When. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a smart way to be. So if you guys are like on the fence about doing anything, just say say not if but when. Mm -hmm. Set a date, make it fucking happen. Do it. I was reading, um, or actually just finished reading a couple weeks ago, uh, Matthew McConaughey's biography, Green Lights. Super good, highly recommend. Really good read. And he actually talked about that. He talked about making Dallas Buyers Club, James' favorite movie. <laughs> really good movie. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't say anything about it. I've never seen I've it. I've never so. seen it either. But he, uh, he was talking about making that movie, and they just could not get financial backing for it. And it was he and the director, and like McConaughey worked on the script, and he's like, all right, I'm going to start losing weight for the role. He's like, got to play a dude with AIDS. Like, so he's like dropping all this crazy weight and like eating like, you know, some pitiful amount of food That's each intense. day. And they're like, hey, you don't have financial backing for this movie. And he's like, I don't care. He's like, we're filming in October. And it was like May. And he's like working towards it, working towards it. Finally, they ended up doing it on a shoestring budget. It was like supposed to be like $9 million. And they did it for like, you'd have to look it up. But it was like a million or two million. Like very low budget. It ended up becoming this award-winning movie. Winning like Academy Awards and Golden Globes. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things where they just set a date. And they're like, this is when we're working. And he got a group of people who were down to do it with him. And they made this award-winning film. So... Pretty impressive. Yeah. Still going to pass on watching that. All right. So for our next episode, <laughs> Dallas Buyers Club, uh, starring Jim Carrey in his emaciated years. But uh, yeah, so super impressive year, 1994. Just holy shit. The, the Carrie-sons is what it was. <laughs> it was the Carrie-sons. But uh, yeah, this one was absolutely a game changer. And I hadn't actually seen this all the way through ever. First time I had seen this was when I was nine years old at a sleepover, and I only remember the like Copacabana, whatever it was, seeing yeah. the, the the dancing and all that. Him in his big beat. suit, the Cuban, oh. whatever it was, the that Cuban. one or like when he's like dancing with Cameron Diaz. Uh, when whenever there was like a big band, so it's I, like throughout the film. I don't, I don't know, man. I was nine. I don't know. I was focused on other things, but um, Cameron Diaz, Cameron Diaz's legs for sure, and then him like dropping his jaws, like literally all oh, I remember. Yeah. Like that's like okay, all I remember. So, yeah. Yeah. so I I saw bits and pieces of it, but I definitely don't think I saw the whole thing. Yeah. But um, watching it as an adult, super enjoyable movie. Yeah. yeah, it still holds up. It does. Like it does. Like because like, even if you think the CGI is bad, it's it's not. It's like it's just no. And, and it's like the first it's of its kind to be a too. Cartoon. Like it's it is supposed to be a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like I can't think of any other movies that like really did that. Like first of its kind, absolutely. Like mm -hmm. to have it like be such like an important part of who the character is. Like the CGI is just like here it is. You know. Yeah, and for the time, I mean they. Uh... The graphics, or Dude, I mean, the yeah. CG that they use is just woo. It's, it's pretty really damn good. good. For, for 1995, that that was exceptional. And you were mentioning earlier, like, pretty big deal at the time when it came out. Like, they had like toys. They had a cartoon. Like, yeah, they had toys. Oh, because I mean, originally comic book, and it was actually based off another comic book. And they grabbed his character and made him a separate comic book, his solo comic book. That's wild. So he was so like he was he was like pre-existing. Yeah, he was pre-existing, and wow. then he's like it's like a rated R I'm sure. comic book, and they made toys and like That's children amazing. cartoons from this, which is that was something hilarious. back then that they used to do that they definitely don't do now. Like obviously now we have the NECA toys, we have the adult toys that are like for collectors, like us and for like other guys that like keeping them in their boxes yeah, and keeping them pristine. Not those kind of toys. you know. I'm a <laughs> <laughs> but um. Anyway, millennials Ooh. love toys. Millennials love toys, and it's a thing, and it's great, and I love it, and I think toy collecting is awesome. That being said, I think back in the 90s, you saw stuff like Batman Returns. There were McDonald's toys for that. I have McDonald's toys from Batman Returns. Well, you think about it, like the like, 90s was just killer for like toys, even yeah. general, even like like you said, like Burger King, McDonald's. They like, crushed it. What yeah, happened, guys? What's going on now is just like, yeah. just little plastic thing. It's like they're not even trying. Back then, they were like, oh, these are toys that are like hold up for like 30 years. Mm -hmm. Like, I guarantee you, I could find like, 
Do you remember when Bur- I think it was Burger King? Max, maybe you remember this. They did uh, Universal Monsters. Yeah, and there was like legit like creature from the Black Lagoon that would squirt water. That it's actually I actually have that. I have that. Too. Yeah, it's <laughs> Jack in a Box. Jack. Okay. Jack well, still, still, still. When's the last time you saw something like that from fucking Jack in the Box? I think Jack in the Box was fun too. They had a little, the his fun. little yeah. hat yeah. thing antenna thing. What happened, guys? What? Ha- where did the fun go? I feel like the fun died after nine eleven. What the fuck? Yeah, the fun died, and uh, there was still a little bit of fun after. There were remnants of fun for a few years there. Yeah, McDonald's is paying twenty bucks an hour now for new hires. Wow. And uh, they're probably going to get replaced an application. by robots in a few months. I think that's oh, where sure. the fun's gone. Is just so the fun has gone to the machines. Yeah. I honestly mm. believe it, man. Everywhere it goes, like understaffed mm. or they're closing early. I had talked about this on a video before on Unfazed, and I won't harp on it too much, but I would like, I prefer to hear your guys' opinion on it because people already know my opinion on it. Is like, why do you think so many people after COVID are getting good jobs and walking away? Or why do you think it's so hard for places to keep staff and they always help, have help wanted signs? After all these people have been out of work, like, why do you think it's still a thing? Like, you think people would be eager to go back to work. Why do you think so many people are like, fuck it? There's, I don't know. There's, that was something I was thinking about even, like, today. But I, I honestly, like, can't really put my finger on it. I'm like, usually it's just, like, management. But I'm like, mm-hmm. it's even, like, the managers are leaving, too. So I'm like, There's a vibe. I don't know what in the world is going on. Like, cause people yeah. need to work. 100%. I think people have become more picky and choosy. Um, I, like I said, I had a whole, I had a whole rant on it, but Max, I'd like to hear, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. Well, I think it might be partly because COVID forced everybody to kind of like do a hard stop for a while, mm-hmm. and it kind of people are snapping out of the trance of, you know, go to work every day. Because if you're just going to work every day, and you know, nine to five, Monday through Friday, and then you have a little bit of time, whatever. Um, it starts, your days start to melt together totally, and you get into a routine. And so when, when, when that was sort of broken, people are waking up to new, uh, thought processes, new ideas of how the world works. And, you know, it's been a very introspective time. And also there's, um, a lot of the benefits that, that were driven by COVID, uh, to help people through the hard times. Um, you know, when you, when you're held up by a crutch, you tend to sort of, uh, rely on it. And then, uh, yeah, so that crutch is there. And so, yeah, there's, there's other ways to make money than working a nine to five. I think small business is what our country is built on. And, uh, yeah, that's my take on it. I agree. I think that was a good hot take. That was a good hot take. Yeah. And I think, yeah, at the end of the day to kind of condense what I had talked about, I think people want to pursue their passions more. I, and I think people yeah, aren't I agree. the the biggest key takeaway from like my little rant on it that I did a while back was that people realize at the end of the day, unless it's like your own company or you're really connected to this company, a lot of big businesses and nameless fa- faceless companies, they don't care about people like the Like you'll be part of this big company. But when it comes to the bottom line and making money, if they got to let you go, they'll let you and a few thousand other people go no problem. Like, you know, fill in the blank, a big company like, I don't know, Uber or someone like that. <laughs> like, I'd say there's, there's a Starbucks, big, a big company, fill in the blank. doesn't matter who it is. Big, nameless, faceless corporations at the end of the day, they'll take care of you and they'll give you benefits and, you know, you'll work with them and everything will be great. But at the end of the day, you're just a number to them. They will lay you Somebody. off. They will lay you off like that. So if that happens, like it did to thousands and thousands of people during COVID, probably, possibly over a million people, I don't know. But I think people finally realized, like, hey, man, like, I'm expendable. Fuck them. I think the loyalty to a lot of companies went away. And people were like, hey, if I can find something to make money in the meantime and then also pursue my passion or find a job that's more connected to what I'm passionate about, I'm going to go do that mm-hmm. instead of wasting all my days at some company that doesn't even know my name, you know? Well, I think the real security is in being able to rely on yourself. Totally. Yeah, self-reliance and self-education and learning a trade, learning a skill, knowing something, you know. I think that's super important. I think more people are starting to realize that and kind of wake up from the fog that was the last freaking decade, you know. But anyway, so amen to Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we kind of went on a rant. Well, I mean, it's important to I mean, like about. you said, like going for your passions, I'm like, here's the perfect example right here. like exactly. we're, we're going for our passion which is like mm-hmm. you know filming and doing podcasts and talking to you guys like we totally. want to share like our, our thoughts on movies and ex- experiences and and just like you know 
give us a subscribe, you know. <laughs> you guys could subscribe and make our dreams come, come true. true. We really appreciate. No, it. but yeah, seriously though, yeah, this is this is a passion project for, of all this of is. us. This is. Yeah, we, uh, we love doing this. We love talking to everyone, and uh, we love every, each of all of you guys. As yeah, and I would actually really like you guys to get more involved. Like whoever's watching, like. Thank you for freaking watching. Like, you guys are awesome. Like, I know some of our friends watch. I know some of the Unfazed crew has trickled over in. And I know we've got new viewers who are just here for, you know, the love of movies. And we appreciate that. But, like, comment. Like, if you want, if there's something you want to see, comment. Yeah. You know, if you want to take or our listen. shirts off, comment. You know? But it would just be nice to have, you know, to grow a community. That's one of the most fulfilling things, like, with Unfazed. Met some really cool people that in a million years I never would have crossed paths with. But we're like-minded. We like a lot of the same stuff. It's cool. You meet people. And I would love to grow that here, and we could grow our own little, uh, you know, digital video store. I would love that. I think I, that'd be awesome. Well, I'm having a lot of fun on your Discord. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you've got a good community going on your other channel there. We got some good peeps. We um, definitely got some good peeps. I'd love to have a Discord with with the viewers here. So that'd be awesome. If you guys are open to that, interested in that, put put some love in the comments. Yeah, if we get uh, if we get a few likes on that idea you know comment on it and we'll uh we'll make a discord happen definitely yeah what I mean, i'd like to do sorry james go ahead. i'm saying like we check the comments 100 yeah, percent. yeah and i will respond to like most of them like all of them but yeah. I mean, we don't have that many subscribers especially the I sexual will. ones <laughs> but um what i was gonna say was eventually once we break i would say probably a thousand subscribers mm -hmm. which is in the future when it happens when when i would say i would like to make like blockbuster cards but that are no expectations video store cards that are laminated and once we get patrons you guys are going to get all access to the no expectations video store and you're going to get laminated uh rental cards and i think that'd be freaking awesome i, I think that would be really really cool so that's not an if that's a when that's a when continue so uh <laughs> any fun facts about the mask that's the movie we're doing still right <laughs> yeah this is the third uh the green children Ooh. So this, is, this is the first film, The Green Trilogy. The Green Trilogy? What do you mean by that? Jim Carrey. We got oh, this mask. We got Riddler. Yep. And we got Grinch. Very true. All within a matter of, what would you say, seven years? No, six. Six years. Because it was 2000 was The Grinch, right? Yeah, 2000. So all within six years. Very impressive. Also, at some point, we got to kick in some information mm -hmm. about Batman Forever. Because that Riddler performance, dude, so good. Huge fan. Well, should we have an episode on that one i'm down i mean you i love schumacher and there's a lot to talk about and there's a lot to unbox with the whole batman forever thing there's the whole red book edition or whatever it was called and there's like the whole schumacher cut let's save that for maybe its own episode but i definitely would like to just give a shout out to jim carrey because we're in the middle of the series of it about how freaking awesome he was as the riddler but that being said get into fun facts on the mask oh uh you you mentioned the nightclub coco bono what is it called uh james take us away coco, oh um i'll let james well i found out like he actually has a uh he has a club in like costa rica or something Columbia. jim carrey does yeah and it's based off the club in the movie the mask dude that's freaking so, amazing we need to go down there we need a vlog i would absolutely love to go to that i had no idea he was a club owner very cool um, yeah, take us away, dude, on the facts. You, you kick, uh, kick us off. Uh, I mean, for one, the mask is based on a comic book. Um, yep, the mask is a character of the creation of Dark Horse Comics. The comic book uh, Love Dark was Horse. made for Sinister and then a, a more Sinister than the film, though. Um, so it was, like I said before, it was very uh, mature. Yeah. And because it's a Dark <laughs> you Horse can comic. Tell. You can tell, yeah. They did, I seem to remember Dark Horse also did like a Mandalorian series back before that was like. Oh, super really? popular and it just pisses me off now because dark horse was so freaking i don't want to use the word progressive because that word's been kind of like bastardized these days but like they were very groundbreaking and they were kind of gritty and i i'm pretty sure disney owns them now and that sucks what oh, yeah. they... and Di uh disney also wouldn't that would mean they also own predator now oh they do and that bothers me yeah that sh i mean there is a new predator movie coming out yeah i mean it's like he's, he's gonna shoot glitter at the bad guys you know it's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be lame uh, i just hope they don't fuck up moon knight i love me some moon knight but uh we'll see i heard it's supposed to be very dark i heard it's supposed to be very dark and very gritty so fingers crossed for moon knight guys okay so check this out sure. um dark horse comics an american comic book company uh it's founded 18 uh, oh, wait <laughs> yeah when disney acquired lucasfilm in 2012 <clears throat> pulled the license for the star wars franchise from dark horse and 
Mm. Actually, they've relaunched Dark Horse as Marvel Comics now. Mm. Well, maybe there's hope really? for it. Maybe there's hope. I guess. Well, you know, we'll see. Because, I mean, Disney's been owning, like, Daredevil and the Punisher and stuff, too, but we got those Netflix series. So I think there's hope. I think there's still hope. As long as the right creative people are, like, producing things, you yeah. know, things might be okay. As long as we don't blur that line between G-rated and R too much. I think Mandalorian turned out pretty good for, for being Disney. Yeah. I, I enjoy the Mandalorian. I need to go back and watch more of it. I didn't watch the whole first season. I, 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 watched, like, I know you don't like Baby Yoda. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little, I don't know, it became a thing. But uh, I watched for Burr, and then after I watched Bill Burr, I was kind of like, all right, I don't really care. But I do love Star Wars, and I think I should go back and give it a chance. Because well, think of it as it's, a Western. It's True. a Western. And it is beautiful, and I love John Favreau. So, you know, there's that. Sorry, interrupting the facts. Go ahead, James. Kick us, or kick us back. <laughs> uh, going back, um, back, this was pegged at a replacement for Nightmare on Elm Street. It was um, difficult for production uh, to balance the horror elements with comedy, and when Carrie actually climbed the board, it just turned into a comedy. So that, oh, like, actually... Um, actually, so we'll this talk is, about the duality a little bit of, like, comedy and, and darkness darkness like. in this i mean well so this was actually like directed by the director of nightmare on elm street 3 That's which was crazy. a mix of like silliness and horror totally yeah. was, like but adding jim carrey aboard like amazing perfect absolutely amazing give us more facts facts man uh, me you don't want to read some facts All right, i'll do one <laughs> Those teeth the large prosthetic teeth that jim carrey sports as the mask were originally meant to be only for silent scenes, but the actor taught himself how to speak with them because he's just that good. And uh, he made it a part of the character, and it uh, it worked, and it made it even quirkier. Smoking. Okay. So, uh, parental uh, inspiration. Jim Carrey allegedly based his character on his father. We're not sure if that's flattering or not, but I would like... I I think it's flattering. I think I, his, so. his dad is, uh, from what he uh, Jim Carrey says, like is hilarious. Like, he yeah. could have been, like, uh, a comic... Uh, could have done stand up. He like he was like the funniest guy he ever knew was his dad. He like loved his father. He'd I feel like he'd have to be to have a son like Jim Carrey. Yeah. Like I can't imagine Jim Carrey having an unfunny father. father. You know what I mean? He's growing up, man. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's like that's like telling me that Rodney Dangerfield didn't have like any comedic like inspiration. Oh, also fun fact: Rodney discovered Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey started performing at Rodney Dangerfield's nightclub, and Dangerfield's is what it was called. And Rodney would like give him extra slots and like really, really, really be- Rodney Dangerfield really believed in Jim Carrey when he was a young comic when he was like nineteen, twenty. Wow, not wild. That is a good fact. Yeah, fun fact. I like that. Yeah. Um, so without Rodney, we might not have had Jim Carrey as soon. So I think either way he would have succeeded. But uh, anyway, sorry. Go ahead, James. Are you got me doing? Uh, yeah, you go ahead. First time on the screen. Uh, so The Mask was Cameron Diaz's first movie role. And she earned less than half a million for it. I'll pray for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. Yeah. Whew. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Man. Poor thing. <sighs> half a million. Wow. That's also, good. if we could just pause for a second and let's talk a little bit about that sweet era of like 1994 to 2004 for freaking Cameron Diaz, everybody. Give Ooh. it up for the hottie in the movie, Cameron Diaz. That is our hottie for the movie. That's my hottie. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Not the right thing. <laughs> but I mean, think about it. You had the mask. You had there's something about Mary. Great movie. And then you had Charlie, Charlie's both Charlie's Angels. Angels. Like she was crushing it, dude. And those legs, my God. And she's a good actress too. I think she uh, she's retired. Really? Yeah, she'll she be retired. back. She'll yeah. be back. I feel like she'll be back. What happens in Vegas? You know, too? you know what it is. It'll be like a voice for Shrek again. Oh, she was Fiona. She was Fiona. Yeah. Dude, I didn't even think of that. Mm-hmm. Think of that money, my God. She is not hurting with that Shrek dough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, she, she is. Yeah, she's Damn. Up. You know Chris Farley was originally going to be Shrek? Yep. Yeah, they, you can actually listen to Chris doing a read-through of the script. Like, it actually exists. No online. way. Yeah. Yeah, you can actually hear what oh, he sounded I like gotta, to be Shrek. I got to listen to that. Yeah, so it actually exists. They were coming really close, and it was going to be animated fully, not CGI. It was going to be a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And then Farley passed away. It looks completely yeah. different, too. Farley passed away in 97, and then they didn't end up making it until, what, like 2001 or something like that? 2000 yeah. Shrek. But I think, I mean... Sadly, Chris was gone, but like Mike Myers did an amazing job and like made it his own thing, you know. But Cameron Diaz, I didn't even think of that. Oh, oh, yeah. sorry about that. Perfect. No, it's fine. It's okay, Max. It's all good. It's not. All right. Uh, I want you to read this fact. Me? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll read this fact. 
So the wet condom scene where Carrie as a mask is being chased by a gangsters. He uh, pulls out a wet condom out of one of his own pockets and says, sorry, wrong pocket. It was actually improvised by Jim Carrey. That's amazing. I bet Jim was getting it on constantly. Now. Sorry, wrong pocket. <laughs> you know what's super interesting? I seem to remember seeing somewhere where, oh, fuck, what was it? It might have been directly from Jim Carrey talking about it, or it was maybe one of those, like, um, things I saw on YouTube that was like fun facts. Jim Carrey said the making of that movie in like the whole year of 1994 was one of the best and one of the worst times of entire of his entire life because he became successful as an actor and he got all this money and like he got all this fame and he got to make his dreams come true, but he was also going through a divorce at the same time. Uh, I well, was thinking it was like he's just burned out, man. Three films back to back. Oh, dude, <laughs> I would love that. I would absolutely love that. But he said it was a super magical time for him, but also a really sad time. So it kind of kept him grounded as he was becoming more successful because he was like going through this nasty divorce that was like horrible for him. But he was also becoming like the hottest name in Hollywood at the same time. Like super interesting. Yeah. He's been uh, with a, a lot of women. Yeah. You know, Lauren Holly from uh, Dumb and Dumber, the hot, you know, Mary Swanson. Oh, yeah. yeah. They had a thing together. They were to, they, I, I don't know if they got married, but they were together for quite a while. They might have even gotten married. But engaged. I know he was engaged for, for like a couple. Dude, for how hot Lauren Holly was back in that era, props to Jim. Like, Isn't there a clap for Jim? Yeah. That's, man. Boom, 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 boom. But uh, uh, one thing I would also like to mention is uh, it's crazy that we never saw Jim Carrey and Nick Cage in a movie together. Could you? That would be great. Wait, that would, would have been be epic. the perfect. Movie Wait a minute! They were in a movie together. No, they weren't. Yes, they were Which before one? the mask. Peggy Sue got married. There was a movie called Peggy Sue Got Married. It's a time travel movie where this woman uh, wants she like regrets her life choices and she's like I think in her late thirties, early forties, and somehow she I don't remember all the details, but she goes back in time to like her high school days, and Nick Cage is like oh, her Kathleen boyfriend Turner, back then. Kathleen it? Turner, yeah, back in her pretty days. And Jim or Jim Carrey is like one of the friends in there, and Nick Cage is like the cool, tough, like That's... funny boyfriend. They were in a freaking movie together. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I just connected the dots right now, and I even referenced that movie earlier. But uh, wow, you can see them on screen together, guys. Peggy Sue got married. Underrated film. I haven't seen it since I was probably like twelve, but I remember it being enjoyable. So. Nick Cage, everybody. Nick Cage. Um, Max, I think you should read this next fact because it's pretty cool. Can you see it or do you want me to read it and then you talk about it? Do you read it? <laughs> I can't see it. Okay, mechanics and Ghostbusters. The interior shot of the garage where Stanley Ipkiss takes his car for repairs is the same location as the firehouse for Ghostbusters. Fun yeah, fact. That, that firehouse was the exact same <clears throat> building that they filmed that scene in. Isn't that weird? Like, Incredible. I love one thing. Can you think of anything else that was... Re Ooh, I actually know a crazy one. Do that... you think that it's the same universe? Like Ghostbusters and Mask? Totally. Totally, yeah. They would work I together perfectly. Could, yeah. yeah. I want to see the Ghostbusters bust that mask open. I think they would. I want to see Cameron Diaz get busted. But um, <laughs> so here's, here's another um, film set that was used for multiple things. Purple Rain. There, there's like a scene in the music video where there's all these like fire escapes and stuff and like Prince oh, is yeah, on his yeah, motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. We learned this. That was also the upside down kissing alley from Spider-Man 1. <whistles> Fun fact. What do Prince and Toby have in common? A lot. <laughs> Mary Jane. <laughs> yeah. Mary Jane and her little red Corvette. <laughs> all right. Continue, James. Continue. Um, little red Corvette. <laughs> I just want to go back to like how um, Jim Carrey basically like improvised most of the film because he's an impressionist. Like he is go throughout the throughout the film, like um, he does like an Elvis impression. He, he does he, Clint. Yeah, the Dirty Harry because he was actually in Dirty Harry. Uh, one of the one of the sequels. Dirty the, Harry, right? the Deadpool. The Deadpool. Or yep. in the Deadpool. I think it was Dirty Harry in the Deadpool. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah. that's like really cool. So like like the director like didn't he have to do like oh my god I, don't, I can't speak right now because. What? I'm just saying, like Jim Carrey in this film, like, a, he, he just he's a beast. he like yeah. improvised probably a, the majority of this film. Yeah, if you would have had anyone else in this movie, it would have been a radically different movie. Because even like they said, like we kind of touched on earlier, James was saying, it's like 
it was supposed to be darker, but the fact that they hired Jim Carrey to do it, it immediately became a full-on 100% mm. comedy. I think it made it feel more dark, though, because, I mean, this Stanley Ipkiss, he gets his life kind of turned upside down by he all does. this. He does. He does, yeah. I mean, he does kill people in this film, too. The they deserve it. Yeah, but I mean, they're bad They're bad guys. I mean, even the... Okay, so the there's a deleted scene, too. Um, so, you know, like, the redhead girl and everything? You don't see her in the rest, like, yeah. at the end of the movie anymore. Like what happened to her? Yeah, that's true. She <laughs> died down the river. She died. Yeah. The mob boss threw her in the wow. news, the newspaper print. That's and I'm glad they took it out because it, it is kind of silly. If you look is it up, it? the deleted scene. Wow. She's on the print one, like oh, on the actual paper, like dumb. Yeah. Dumb. But yeah, that's what happened to her. Like you didn't. She, she just, just disappeared. Disappears. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like elements of the vibe of this movie kind of are similar to elements of Bruce Almighty. I know Bruce Almighty has more heart and has more serious scenes and everything, but there are some parts like the monkey up the ass and stuff like that in like Bruce Almighty that feel a little mask esque, if that makes sense. But is it Jim Carrey esque? True. Actually, I think that's a more that's a better way to put it. Yeah, it's more Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good shit. Such um, a good actor. Can you imagine going to work and just like balancing? a used condom in your pocket until it's time for you to pull it out and show everyone dude actually yeah I can't. <laughs> you got one the funny thing is like i i grew up watching this film and i didn't get the joke like when i was a kid I, like I why like, do you pull a sock out of his i pocket? thought i was just like a balloon yeah. you know and then growing up seeing it now i was like that's hilarious it is funny that's yeah the fact that that was improvised yeah. like holy cow dude like that takes crazy. a lot of guts mm-hmm. yeah jim is uh yeah what yeah, I'd like to know the whole story. I would love to ask Jim Carrey if that is indeed an improvised scene. Like, were you banging like right before you came and you just put a condom in your pocket? Or was he fucking in the trailer? I don't think it was an actual used condom. I okay. think he opened it up and put it in his pocket. Oh, okay. Come on. You never know, man. You never know. <laughs> some some cum flies. <laughs> yeah. It hits yeah. the director. Keep filming. That's high stakes. That's right? a very Jared Leto move right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, Anywho. That's gross. All right. Any more fun facts? Facts! Uh, sequel talks, uh, before The Son of the Max came out in 2005, there was talks of a sequel, but all that was scrapped uh, when Jim Carrey refused to return as the ty- uh, the character, despite being offered $10 million. Titular. Titular. God, $10 Titular. million. When do you think would have been a perfect year? I'm going to ask both of you guys. When do you think would have been a perfect year for a sequel had they done it with Jim Carrey? I have my, I have my year in mind. I, I, well, I would probably want to, if I had to get a sequel, because I like I don't really want a sequel. Yeah, it's either gonna be like two years after or like two thousand. I would have said same as I would have for Dumb and Well, Dumb and Dumb, I might have pushed a little later. I think for Mask, I would have said nineteen ninety nine for a sequel. Yeah, that's I what think, I was thinking. Was that what you thinking? Yeah, same like yeah. two thousand. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, what what do you what goes it. into this thought process of like why would you do it in nineteen ninety nine? I think he still was on top of the world and it was still that golden age, young, prime Jim Carrey. I still love him at any incarnation, but you got to admit there was that lightning in a bottle period from like 1994 to like 2004 where like he could do no wrong. Mm -hmm. Like literally, kind of like same with Adam Sandler. There was like that prime period where they were like 30 to 40 where it was like they were the shit. You know what I mean? Not saying that they're not the shit anymore, but they don't have the same impact that they did. They're not doing the same quality projects. So I think that would have been like a perfect sweet spot to still get away with doing a sequel like that. And I think same for Dumb and Dumber. I think if we would have gotten another Dumb and Dumber in like 2001, like same time as like Zoolander, that would have been like perfect. sweet. That would have been a sweet spot. Sequel that we got. Yeah, unfortunately. Have you seen The Son of the Mask? Oh, <laughs> I've heard terrible. a few things. I've seen it. and it's... <laughs> You've seen it? You've actually seen it? I've seen it, yeah. I started wow. watching it. Recently it's... or just ever? No, like back back when it came out. Man, it looked like a real piece of shit. I finished it, man. I finished oh, that entire time. To you. Yeah, it's, I'm sorry. It's bad. That's what it's I hear. The, yeah. the CGI in there does not work. I'm really sorry. Terrible CGI baby bouncing around. That's there. a bummer. Post. Why the baby? Why and the hair? What are we doing? made Jamie Kennedy, like his mask, uh, have hair, which Odd. doesn't make sense. You put the mask on, it covers your whole Here, head. Here's the question. Did Jamie Kennedy's mask... We met Jamie Kennedy. We did. Fun fact, we met Jamie we Kennedy. Met Jamie Kennedy. Six degrees fist, of separation. Fist bump. Fist bump. You know what was weird? Pause for a second. Jamie Kennedy story, celebrity sighting story. We were at the Mad Monster Party, which you guys can check out on the Unfazed channel. And uh, a lot of you guys have probably already seen it. But James and I went to that, had an amazing time, pretty cool. And we're, we're walking along, 
and we didn't even like point to him. He like waved a motion to us. Mm-hmm. Jamie Kennedy like huh. waved at us, and I don't know if he thought we were someone else or what the deal was. But like went over and gave him a fist bump, and he's like, "What's up?" And I was like, "Jamie Kennedy, all right." But for some reason, he waved at us, and I don't. I, I could. Yeah. To I, this day, I don't know why. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's a fan. Hey, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Strange. No expectations. It was, it was it was oddly specific because there was like hundreds of people there, mm-hmm. and we're walking by, and he's like, "He's probably like, a time traveler, Jamie and Kennedy. he he right. subscribes to the channel in the future." Yeah. So our celebrity fan. fan, Jamie Kennedy. Thank you, sir. But um, one thing I was going to say was, did his mask have ears? Because if you look at Jim Carrey's mask, it did not have ears. Jim's ears were hidden under it like a like a little bonnet, and it must have been really hard to hear, like Michael Keaton's Batman. I heard it was like impossible to hear in those suits. That. I'm wondering, did Jamie Kennedy's have that? Max, would you be kind enough to do a little sleuthing for us? Son of a mask. Let's see. I feel like it probably had ears. Like, if they're going to take it in a weird direction. I think it had ears. I think it had ears. Mm. If it has hair, it yeah, has look, ears. Look, yeah, let's see. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, it looks bad. It's like something Yeah, he has ears. Speaking of weird green masks, there? did you guys ever see what the test footage for Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin looked like with a rubber skin mm-hmm. looking mask before they that. went yeah. before they went for the look that they you know that we know now? Pretty interesting look. It was super cool. I, I think that would have made a radically different project. The makeup wasn't quite there though in the test. No, it wasn't it quite there. I think they did a good job with the mask. And also it makes sense that, you know, it would be like a test pilot outfit when he would have it actually doesn't really make sense. <laughs> let's not ruin it let's not ruin it let's not ruin it i was gonna say why did it look like a goblin head where did the goblin mask come from it doesn't make sense actually i don't i think they do explain it in the film but i don't it, remember w- when the glider i've already seen the glider when they're <laughs> testing the glider out at oscorp there's a guy on it but he's a bald guy with goggles wearing the green suit but he doesn't have the goblin where the fuck did the goblin mask come from where did that magically manifest from or aerodynamic i don't you know, it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's a side project. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. And also another thing with Spider-Man. Love Spider-Man. One of the best movies ever. Spider-Man 2002. Shame, Randy. Also, Dr. Strom gets killed by Willem in the lab. Back to formula. And he mm-hmm. kills him. Does anyone ever investigate, like, who killed that guy? Like, were there cameras in the lab? Like, he just... <laughs> Dr. Strom's dead, sir. I think there was cameras in the lab. And- like, nothing happened. <laughs> They're just like, uh, Norman. Norman again. Anyway, we'll we'll do a special episode one of these days to the Raimi trilogy because that that's a whole can of spiders. I'm not going to open right now. But uh, all right, the zoot suit. Back to the facts. The zoot suit, the bright yellow suit that Jim Carrey wears in the mask, is reminiscent of a suit the actor's mother made him for his first stand-up gig. And if you haven't seen it, some of Jim Carrey's like unnatural act, I think it was called, his early stand-up like in the '80s and some of his stuff in the '90s was some of the funniest shit ever as far as stand-up comedy goes like he i wish he would get back into stand-up i wish he i wish he would come back i wish eddie murphy would come back and i wish steve martin would come back for stand-up yeah. just like, one more special yeah one more special just, just one more special like, he can totally do steve martin's right on the cusp and he already is kind of doing it because he and martin short are touring and doing yeah, stuff, doing stuff yeah. so i think steve is kind of back because i mean you get can technically go see him at a theater and he he will tell jokes but eddie murphy and jim carrey i would love to see them come back doing stand-up they would sell places out like that like madison square garden sold out without even like doing a test run like they would just go out and crush it you know so i actually got some pictures here is the mask oh. zoot suit and Catch then there's himself. uh his suit from his uh early stand-up years wow that's beautiful i wonder if he still has either of those suits probably probably I would, I bet. I would you know chris o'donnell still has his robin suit he keeps it in a rubber maid under his bed <laughs> fun fact Fun fact. I wonder if Jim... I mean, I would keep. Like, if I was Fuck part of that, yeah. I would keep anything. I would keep anything, yeah. Uh, I think Indy... Was it Indiana Jones? He, like, didn't want to keep anything. <laughs> he, like, didn't keep... They're like, take the whip, Harrison. He's like, like Harrison no. doesn't give a fuck. Harrison doesn't give a shit, man. But, uh, anyway. Well, how about how about one or two more facts? Go ahead, James. Um, the frisbee fetch scene the dog used in the film was not well-trained, so the scene where Ipkiss is frustrated with Milo while trying to stuff the cash into his closet was um ad-libbed by carrie showing the actor's very real impatience with the animal very interesting animals and kids they say don't work with but uh here i am what kind of dog is, <laughs> he's a what kind of dog is he he's a uh, pitbull jack I don't russell know. I don't jack russell jack, jack russell's were a lot back then they were all over my dog skip yeah my dog skip uh wishbone right what's the story wishbone he was a jack russell right 
think it was. Yeah, there were so many. There were a lot of little terriers. Oh, uh, Eddie wasn't Eddie from Frasier? Yeah, Frasier wasn't he? Yeah, he was Jack Russell. Yeah, yeah. 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 fun fact. Fun he was fact. filled with Jack Russells. I my, love Jack Russells. My mom knows little someone. Bastards. My mom met someone who had a dog that was a puppy of Eddie from Frasier. It was one of his puppies who was like old. No way. And had grown up, and they met, and they're like, fun fact: this dog's dad was Eddie from Frasier. Oh, that's a anyway, problem. celebrity sighting, guys. Uh, for the love of cartoons, a large aspect of what kind of what we already talked about is that Jim Carrey uh, was drawn to the role of Stanley Ipkiss because Stanley was a fan of cartoons, just like Jim. Yeah, I mean, uh, for the love of his cartoons. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we already <laughs> went into that. So yeah, we talked about it. We talked about it, but I do mm-hmm. love that they actually talk about it, and he has his little VHSs of, car- of like Tex Avery and everything, and he's like this man-child. Like, has no shame and just loving the cartoons. Like, I love it. It was great. I love it, too. Um, how about one more, and then let's dive into my favorite segment. Um, let's just talk about the music real quick. Too. Hell, yeah. I'm the music. Gonna, let's just talk about that. Yeah, pretty interesting. There was an interesting time in the 90s where there was a lot of big, bad voodoo daddy, like, uh, big band and swing bands that were also, like, you know, a little more rocking and a little more club-oriented. And, like, that was a thing back then. Like, where it seemed like there was this revival of, like, big band and swing and, like, stuff like that. Well, like, um, so the director wanted this whole movie to feel like a nightclub. Hmm. So everything was, like, I mean, for The Mass, he's a god of mischief. I guess The Mass only works at night. Hmm. So, like, every time something happened, it was just, like, him going to the club. Music's loud, playing and everything. I mean, uh, that whole Cuban Pete, all that scene, Cuban Pete. They call me Cuban Pete. I'm the king of a rumba beat. Yeah. Max knows what I'm talking about. The, the, oh, yeah. the cop in there as well. Surprisingly, she had like, what, 20 seconds of fame and she just. She was a hottie. She, right? she was a hottie. She killed it and uh, knows how to dance too. Like You everything. think you think Cameron was hotter though in this one? I think Cameron's hotter in it. But I feel yeah. like those two were, because like, I always remember that cop. Mm. Like if I think back of that movie scene. Wasn't like, there I, very briefly? Yeah. Mm. I always remember the start of that scene with her. What happened to her? Well, she I mean, she's like possessed by the by this by the music. Yeah. So she she's like trying to fight the music and be a cop. Can't fight but, it. But but you can't fight it when the mask is. I would love to know what happened to her. With the actress. With the actress. Can we find can we find that actress? Max, am I overworking she's you? I apologize. Probably, Don't hate me. I'm sorry. Uh, she's probably just Amy Yazbek. No, that's not her. I would love to know like what happened to her. Like is she just a regular lady who, like teaches like well, dance Well, okay, now? I found her. Let's find out. Krista Buranyoro. Oh, the name just rolls off the tongue. Let's see. Okay. She was in The Mask. She was in North. She was in The Sex Monster. Oh, classic. If you search her, like, would we find a picture of her on Google? Hmm. This is the same. It's so weird that she doesn't have her her, uh, picture up on. I find that so weird when you look at someone in a movie who is like, like, we're talking about them. Like, we remember them. We can pull pull an image up in our mind. And you look, and they've only been in like four things. Like that blows my mind. Like I'm like, ah, what happened? You know? Yeah, she's a good actress. That blows my is. mind, dude. It's so weird yeah. when someone is like only in a couple things. Like that's so it's so weird to me. It's Here's, almost like they don't want to be in Hollywood. They're just kind of like, maybe they know someone or a friend works on the set or something. You know what I mean? It's gonna be like Alan's IMDb in ten years. <laughs> be like, this, that's weird. This guy was in like three movies. <laughs> like who is he? <laughs> We gotta be careful with copyright. Are we good with that? Uh, here is also a picture of Cameron Diaz. Love those Mask legs. Time versus today. Well, she's a very beautiful woman. For for some reason now, if I look at her, she, you know, I don't. You know, I know people age. Obviously, I get it. I, I heard this rumor that people get older, but I still don't believe it. <laughs> well, check but, this out. You know, we I had never... Jim Carrey then and now. He looks like uh, he's gone. Yeah, derelict. he's great, man. I love that guy. But uh, yeah, Cameron, I I feel like post two thousand five, I just was never attracted to her again. Yeah, after but, that, her her prime though, my lord, what a dime, what a dime. So on the soundtrack, uh, mm-hmm. he actually has some credits. Jim Carrey does. Does Jim? He's a oh oh really, yeah, really good. He's singer. a very talented singer. Super underrated. Yeah. Watching. Oh yeah, you guys sent me that. Uh, I am the walrus performance that he yeah. did. Yeah, <laughs> cool. yeah, dude, great. And also, there's one I think where he's on Fallon. One of the one it might have been Conan back in the day, but I think it was on Fallon. And he uh, he does "Take on Me" by Aha. I saw that, which yeah. is like super difficult and like in a crazy like high register like 
the man can sing. If you just go back and look at his filmography, you'll yeah. see like him singing in most of like, the Grinch. Don't you want somebody yeah. to love? Ooh. Honestly, it's it's not bad with <laughs> him singing, it. and he's doing it like sarcastically. Yeah, he gets too. the vibrato yeah. perfect. I have, um, uh, I actually have, uh, I actually have the Cable Guy soundtrack. I'm I not know. gonna lie, yeah, we've listened yeah, to it. Yeah. We've listened to it. Um, yeah, the music, holy cow, pretty darn good. But um, anything else you guys want to add on the music, Max? I feel like you're the music man. Let's recast this. Mother. Yeah, let's recast it. Um, okay, so James, kick us you off. Want me on to go the, first? I would love you to go first. I'm on gonna do the Jim, alternate castings. Carry last. Okay. Um, so I have. Let's do Cameron Diaz. I think she would be young at the time. The person I picked, but I'm gonna say Mila Jovovich. Solid. Like Fifth Elements um, era, oh, probably. Cutie. Um, I didn't do that many people. I did Peter Green. Uh, I think yeah, Peter Green Robert, who was sorry, no, Peter Green, who was the villain. I chose Robert Davy or Davy the Green Miles, <laughs> who was the villain in Goonies. He was one of the bad guys in there. Okay, um, because I, I honestly thought he was the same actor growing up when I was uh, watching it because he just looked to me. They looked alike. I don't know if they had the same hat and everything. Yeah. The bad guys back in the nineties. They did look. Very they similar. all looked yeah. very similar. And there they, was a this look. This movie was perfect for it too. Yeah, there was a specific look. And then Jim Carrey was very tough. Mm-hmm. I think there's only a, one person that can probably pull it off. Maybe one more um, as well. It was Robin Williams. I think Robin Williams would be damn. Yeah, the closest person that could uh, pull this. And that kind of ties back to what we were talking about because he was originally slated to be the Riddler in Batman Forever, but plans fell through. And I think when Burton was no longer attached as director, that's when Robin Williams was like, well, I'm not doing it. See, that would have been... Yeah, that would have been cool. Very unique. That would have been super unique. He would have been a good Mad Hatter also. Yeah. Yeah, Mad Hatter. Because Robin Williams, he can do do serious as... Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, Jim Carrey can do serious as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I think as a comedian, um, like a comedic actor, you can do any role. Like, I totally. honestly, I honestly believe that. If you can be funny, you can do anything. Those two guys in particular, I think, are a prime example of how incredible acting is because like even Adam Sandler, dude, like yeah, fr- fr- freaking Billy Madison and rain over me yeah, or uncut gems. Like, Holy crap. The same guy from like happy Gilmore is the same guy from uncut gems. Like that blows my mind. The guy from freaking one hour photo is the same guy from flubber and Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> like <laughs> the guy, you know what I mean? The guy from dumb and dumber and from mask is in freaking the number 23 and from the well, kidding show. I mean, yeah, Truman, Truman show. show is pretty serious. I mean, it's funny, but yeah. it's like it's a serious and majestic. I am looking forward yeah. to that. I am really definitely excited. need to watch that. It's it's a slow word movie, but it's, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind yeah, as well. That's a good. But movie. I mean, talk about like depth as an actor. Even Steve Martin, like he's done some really heartwarming stuff. Yeah. And then he's the same guy from The Jerk, and then you like he can make you like want to cry in like Parenthood, you know? And, like it's impressive. Like that's like that's some serious acting right there. This is a tough one to recast, honestly. Uh, yeah, I sorry, mean, Jim. With any other person besides Jim Carrey, it'd be a completely different movie. Dude, I agree. And yeah. there's there's so many movies like that, but specifically Jim Carrey vehicles that are like it's almost like Schwarzenegger movies, where you're like, yeah, it would be the same movie in a way, but then it would be like radically different because we're watching for that actor. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's almost like you could take like, give give me a random '90s movie that you like, anyone that do, that doesn't have these guys in. Die Hard. Die Hard. Okay, imagine that with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think it would work. It would be freaking amazing, right? It would be freaking amazing, but it would change radically. Oh. It would change radically, you know? Butterfly effect. It would, it would, it would change our entire the future. Dude, totally. And now imagine Jim Carrey and the butterfly effect. Whoa. <laughs> the Ashton Kutcher one. Just what? saying. Just saying. What? He put right. explosives in I the feel- mailbox. <laughs> it blew the hands off. So who would you cast for Jim Carrey, Ben? Oh, I'm not. I'm not James fan. Oh, James. I just got going. one more thing. It's just director. Um, You'll see. Yeah. So the director was Chuck Russell, Joel Schumacher. Solid choice. We yeah. do love I'm our Joel. I'm just thinking, just Batman vibes. It's interesting how over time Joel has really gone up in esteem for us. Like we've yeah. always liked him, but we didn't realize how much we Which loved we, yep. him. What, yeah. what has he done? Falling down. Ooh. The Lost Boys. Oh yeah, yeah. Batman Forever. Oh, all these movies that, we, millimeter. that we covered on Max, the we we did a series <laughs> on them. I'm bad with names, man. It's okay. He's the guy. He was the guy. But um anyway, you want me to hop on mine? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I'll start just um actually I'll do the same order as you. I'll do Cameron Diaz first. Okay. 
So Cameron Diaz, I picked Julie Bowen from Happy Gilmore and from Modern Family because that would have been a wonderful time for her. I think she's beautiful, and she also has really good uh, comedic timing. I think Elizabeth Hurley from Bedazzled would have been great because, she, I mean, if you don't know who I'm talking about, like, take a look. Awesome powers. She's beautiful. She's amazing. Uh, Jennifer Tilly also from Liar Liar because obviously they know how to work together, you know, later on in Liar Liar. I think she was super beautiful and in her prime at that time. And also she's kind of funny. Like, she's hot, but she's funny. Yeah. So she would have been really good in that role. Um, for director, I would have picked Robert Zemeckis because I think Zemeckis is really great with balancing different tones. Like, just look at Back to the Future. It's like there's a really great story going on, but also he knows how to insert humor and how to handle humor well. I think he would have been great at it. Um, writers, I picked Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor from the movie Election with Matthew Broderick. Because it has kind of a similar, well, not even a similar vibe, but I just like the pacing of the comedy in that movie. I think it would have been really good. And it was also just that good 90s vibe. That's the one I, movie I still haven't seen. Election is freaking awesome. It's, it's my second favorite Matthew Broderick movie, probably. It's yeah. like, it's awesome. You told me about it, and like literally sometimes I like, I have like opportunities to watch it. I'm like, yeah, I it's such it. a good movie, I mean, man. It's not. It's not like I'm for it, it feels like a sequel to Ferris Bueller almost. But it's like him as a teacher. It's such a mm-hmm. good movie, dude. It's so good. Um, okay, so... The main piece, recasting Jim Carrey, The Mask. Robin Williams also made my list. Dana Carvey. Oh, that would work. That's such a good choice. Thank you. Or Mike Myers. I think I prefer Dana. I think I prefer Dana. Dana would have crushed it. Dana would have crushed it. Those are the first ones that came to mind. And um, if I had to pick out of any of those, like, obviously we'd all want Robin Williams. But I think Dana would bring something special to the role because, like, you think of Stanley Ipkiss being like this meek kind of like pushover type guy? Mm-hmm. I think Dana could do that really well. Mike Myers actually could pull that was off. Was Dana too, like pretty popular back then? Oh yeah, he was huge on SNL. Yeah, he was huge. He would have been popular like when was Wayne's World? Like, Wayne's World was like ninety two, so yeah, like right yeah. around there. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. it was like right. I could be wrong. It might have been ninety three. It was like right, right in that ballpark though. But yeah, those are my picks for alternate casting. Max, did you have any that came to mind while you were? Or you were listening to anybody that you would like to, It doesn't have to be exactly from that era, but someone that you think could rock the mask role. Uh, if anybody has alternate casting, uh, go ahead and put it in the comments below because <laughs> I don't. <laughs> uh, but we'd love to hear uh, what you think uh, about oh, alternate yeah. casting. Who would play this role better than Jim Carrey? I would argue that no one would play it better than Jim Carrey. Nobody would come close. Or do you, even if you know um, who were runner-ups for this role, like, yeah. Teach us, man. We want to learn something new as well. You know who wouldn't be a zany, but who would just be fun if he was able to come in with his own energy? Billy Crystal. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's funny. Wouldn't that be funny as fuck? <laughs> I can't even. Know. I don't know why it's so funny. Oh, good old Billy Crystal. Uh, anyway guys that's all i got on the mask but uh, uh ratings oh ratings um for me this is a this is a 3.5 out of 5 i think it's a perfect jim carrey vehicle i'm crying i'm laughing so hard i think it's a perfect jim carrey vehicle um but i don't i don't have the <laughs> i don't have the i don't have the attachment to it like billy crystal does um but uh it was a really solid jim carrey movie it's not on the level of dumb and dumber it's not even on the level of cable guy in my opinion but it is what it is, and it's super unique. So, therefore, I give it a three and a half out of five. I really enjoy this film, but I'm still going to give it a three and a half out of five. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the greatest film, but it's one mm-hmm. of, it is one of my favorite Jim Carrey's films because I just grew up watching of it. Course, I have that yeah. attachment to it. Absolutely. You so, can never erase that attachment. Yep. It's, it's the attachment. So, I give it that three and a half. Wow. I'm surprised mm-hmm. you didn't go four. Fours are tough, man. Fours and fives. You're a picky bamboozle. I'm very picky. You're a picky bamboozle boy. Okay, I'm going to boost the average Next. a little bit. I'm going to give it a, a solid four. Wow. Um, I'm a little bit biased. I like the how they were mating CG and um, and live action, much like Roger Rabbit, like we mentioned earlier. And Space Jam. And Space, Space Jam. Jam. Oh, I'm yeah. surprised I'm you did not mention Space Jam. Yeah. I like it. Um, it's fun, and mm. you know, I think animation brings something to the table that Totally. It can never be really expressed with just live action. Yeah, d- d- it brings like this unique thing. And I think that's a big part of the 90s stuff where it's like, oh, there were a bunch of toys and it was marketed towards kids. Even though it's clearly a more adult-oriented movie, the look of it, though, looks like it's made family-friendly. You know what I mean? Like the whole cartoon aspect, it's almost like, how can you not make it into a cartoon? How can you not have toys connected to it? It's like, 
built into the script like you're missing out on that market if you don't like at least try to make some toys like i think they did a great job definitely okay so for our next episode guys if you would like to really truly be a part of no expectations video store we're gonna watch the cable guy with jim carrey Woo! cable guy cable guy Anyway, starring Matthew Broderick, Jim Carrey, and... Directed by Ben Stiller. Directed by Ben Stiller, <laughs> yes. And also featuring little tidbits of Ben Stiller. Anyway, so watch Cable Guy, and next week we will talk about it on a brand new episode of No Expectations Video Store. So, be kind. Rewind. And remember to subscribe, leave a comment below. Follow along. See you guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching. Smoking! Now you have to ask yourself one question. Do ya? Punks?